0: For Monday, November 8th, it's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hello, I'm Lance lucky in for Isaac Davey Aronson, with a look at this morning's top news stories, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, Mark Garber says it's decision day for those Ground Zero workers still on the fence over whether to accept their settlement offers from the city. And Matthew Sherman tells us the Long Island Bus Company is facing a very uncertain future. We'll start with the morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. The river that's been a source of the cholera epidemic in Haiti is expected to overflow today. It's been swollen by heavy rains from Hurricane Tomas, forcing officials to open a dam that could cause flooding. People along the river are being urged to evacuate with their livestock. The outbreak has killed some 500 people and sickened thousands more. President Obama and the First Lady begin another day in India with an official arrival ceremony in New Delhi. The president then sits down for talks with Prime Minister Singh, followed by lunch with business leaders. Later, the two men hold a news conference, and President Obama speaks before the Indian parliament. Keith Olbermann of MSNBC will be back on the air Tuesday after being suspended indefinitely for making political donations to three Democratic candidates. MSNBC CEO says two days off the air is appropriate. NBC News forbids employees from making political donations unless they receive an exception in advance. It was a day of firsts at the 41st running of the New York City Marathon. In his marathon debut, 26-year-old Ethiopian Gebre Mariam won the men's crown, the first time that's happened since Alberto Salazar did it in 1980. Kenyan Edna Kipligat was another surprise winner, taking the women's title. Just 20 seconds behind her, American Shalane Flanagan, who was making her own marathon debut, came in second. I'm very grateful for second, first of all, but as soon as I finished, I thought about what I could have done to have won it, so I think that's why the marathon is so addicting because you always want more. Flanagan won the bronze in the 10,000 meters at the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Her finished Sunday was the best showing by an American woman since 1990. But all eyes were on Edison Pena, who less than a month ago was in a collapsed Chilean mine with 32 other men awaiting rescue. He ran and walked on a bad knee to complete the 26.2 miles about 20 minutes ahead of his six-hour goal. After he finished draped in a Chilean flag, he spoke through a translator. I didn't even entertain the option of withdrawing from this race. No way. Uh, I came to the U.S. to run this marathon, and I did it. Pena, who jogged regularly underground during his 69-day ordeal, covered the last 12 miles of the race with bags of ice on his swollen knees. Even though his party took a beating at the polls across the country, Democratic Senator Chuck Schumer was easily re-elected, racking up one of the largest landslide victories of any senator up for election this year. Despite urgings from other Democrats, Schumer says he does not want to reclaim his old job as head of the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee. I have been asked by Leader Reid and many of my colleagues, and I've said I think I can better serve our country, our state, and our party by focusing on issues and getting us to refocus on the middle class. Schumer thanked voters yesterday on the Upper West Side. New York senior senator led the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee for two cycles, helping the Dems pick up more than a dozen seats. The current chairman, New Jersey Senator Robert Menendez, is stepping down to focus on his own re-election in two years. More schools could be added this week to a long list of New York City public schools facing either a phase-out or some kind of restructuring. 47 schools are already on that list based on low performance. Now, Education Department officials are looking at a handful of high schools that got D's and F's on their new report cards, which were just released. Nine schools got F's and 23 got D's this year, which automatically puts them at risk. But a department spokesman says most of them will get a pass because they're new or have higher than average graduation rates. Meanwhile, the city has wrapped up meetings with parents, teachers, and community leaders at most of the schools on its watch list. And meetings will begin this week. At the 14 high schools the city wanted to phase out this year, but which were spared after a court found there had not been enough community notification. Peruvian officials say Lori Berenson will go free today. The 40-year-old from New York, convicted of collaborating with leftist rebels, was paroled last May after serving nearly 15 years in prison. But Berenson was sent back to prison in August on a technicality. She took her now 18-month-old son with her. Now the same judge who initially granted Berenson parole has reinstated it. She will not be able to leave Peru until the end of her 20-year sentence, unless Peru's president commutes it. Mayor Bloomberg's 27-year-old daughter is in the hospital with a concussion and fractured spine. Her publicist says Georgina Bloomberg tumbled from her horse and was briefly knocked unconscious during an equestrian event in Syracuse Friday evening. She awoke the next morning with back pain and went to the hospital. She's expected to undergo a thorough examination today. Mayor Bloomberg's spokesman Stu Lesser said the mayor is very concerned, as any father would be. Finally, former Baywatch star Pamela Anderson is in Israel where she's promoting a ban on fur. Anderson says she intends to speak to religious leaders about the issue. An anti-fur bill has been put on hold in Israel because of concerns over how it could affect the fur hats worn by some members of the Hasidim. Taking a look at the calendar today, President Obama continues his tour of Asia this week. He's still in India today for those meetings with government officials in New Delhi. Tomorrow, he's off to Jakarta, Indonesia. The leaders of Iraq's two main political blocs plan to meet face-to-face today for the first time since the March elections. A political deadlock has stalled the formation of a new government. Today and tomorrow in Washington, the Department of Energy holds an open meeting of the National Commission on the BP Deepwater Horizon oil spill and offshore drilling. And in the city today, it's the Securities, Industry, and Financial Markets Association annual meeting, bank CEOs and Senate Banking Chair and Retiring Senator Chris Dodd, powwow with other financial poobahs to discuss regulations and America's economic future. Just a few things happening this Monday. Today is the deadline for thousands of police officers, firefighters, and ground zero cleanup and construction workers suing New York City over their exposure to toxic dust. To decide whether to join a legal settlement that could ultimately pay them as much as $815 million, WNYC's Mark Garber has more. More than 10,000 people have sued the city and a long list of companies that handled the cleanup of Lower Manhattan after the 9-11 attacks. Paul Napoli, a leader of the legal team representing most of the plaintiffs, says 90% of those eligible have said yes. Under the terms of the deal, at least 95% of the plaintiffs must opt to participate for the settlement to become effective. Today's deadline technically applies only to a settlement negotiated between Napoli's legal team and the city's attorneys last spring. But since then, the firm has worked out similar agreements with other defendants in the case, including the agency that owns the World Trade Center site. For WNYC, I'm Mark Garber. Neither Nassau County Executive Ed Mangiano nor MTA Chairman Jay Walders say they have enough money to keep the Long Island Bus Company going. As WNYC's Matthew Sherman reports, today is the day that they'll meet to discuss the bus line's future. The Long Island Bus Company transports about 100,000 riders on a typical weekday. Legally, it's the responsibility of Nassau County, but the MTA, which operates the buses for the county, has been spending $26 million of its own money each year to keep the buses running. The MTA says, because of its own budget problems, it will withdraw the subsidy as of January, but County Executive Mangano wants the MTA to phase out the subsidies more gradually. Meanwhile, Mangano is moving ahead with a backup plan. He received a small number of bids last week from private companies willing to take over the service. A spokesman says Mangano will begin reviewing them shortly. For WNYC, I'm Matthew Sherman. Wrap it up with the Gig Alert. Natesha Atlas grew up Anglo Egyptian in a Moroccan suburb of Belgium. She writes lyrical Arabic songs set to a mixture of Western and Arabic orchestral instruments. Atlas's soaring voice will be on display tonight, paired with a lush orchestration in Greenwich Village at La Poisson Rouge. You can download this track, Makan, on our culture page. Just click on culture at WNYC.org. You can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. That's all at our website, WNYC.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Lance Lucky. Have a good Monday.